0: And welcome to episode number 213 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Bryan. Joined each and every week by Steven Anders and making his triumphant return. Brad Allen from Across the Pond. Brad, thanks for joining us here as we go through the PGA Championship. Hopefully, we can make some people some money here, whether it's hitting an outright, some of these derivative markets, however we go about playing this thing. And maybe, maybe somewhere along the way, you can take some of this home with you as well. Whatever we glean from the research that we've done maybe leads you to a bet that you can make. As well, but um, you know, let's kick things off here for the 2022 PGA championship and talk a little bit about the course and what people are likely to expect to see here. Stephen, whenever we do kind of the, the. The research here we've seen this course before however it is a course redesigned so we don't really know what we're going to get we did see a senior pga tour here but those are going to be they're going to be teeing off from different from way different spots than we are uh, going to be on thursday here for this one we know some trees got removed we know that that might factor in from a wind standpoint as well because there's less protection of this course we know it's going to be about 7500 plus yards so it is on the longer side of things but um, you know, I I kind of just went at this as looking at a difficult course that may or may not get some wind.
1: Yeah, I think um, pretty similar to Augusta off the tee with really wide fairways that you can park a couple semi trucks down. Uh, so I don't think. Driving accuracy is hugely important this week, but I will also note that um, Gilhan seems to have tailored the bunkers after the 2018 reservation to be at the proper distance where you can't just hit bombs and and avoid them. So, um mm-hmm. there is that caveat. So, for me, I did care about putting driving distance uh into the equation this week, but I also did put strokes gained off the tee to make sure I had at least some accuracy in there. Um whereas Augusta National, I really don't care too much about the accuracy. So, um but yeah. John Hasselbauer did an amazing deep dive into this course and what to expect on the lines.com in his preview. So uh, I would go there for the the full range of, of what to expect. But the three biggest notes for me were uh, driving distance is, is going to be uh, important here. But more so, I think um, these perched up greens and really tight lies around the greens and also bunkers, uh, with firm and fast greens that are going to repel a lot of good shots. Like a lot of guys are going to hit good shots and may not get rewarded here. So I think like last year's PGA championship on a coastal course that Phil Mickelson won, I think um, short game around the green, some combination of that sand saves are going to be important on this course.
0: We're looking at small greens here. We are looking at kind of tiered greens as well. So we're going to see some runoff. We're going to see some of these shots that start to trickle and trickle and trickle. And the next thing you know, you look up, and the ball's rolled completely off of the green as well. It is a par seventy where we're only going to get two par fives. So uh, not not as important as in you know tournaments past as far as par five scoring as well. Water is in play on the majority of the holes out there. Um, if some reports you say, say 14 of the 18, some say 15 of the 18. So there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, Brad, when you were taking a look at this course, what, what did you notice and what did that then lead you towards when it was, you know, a player skill set type thing?
2: Um, I would say oh, oh, looking at two main things. One is, is scrambling um, and strokes getting around the green. Um, you know, as you say, a load of bunkers, tiny greens and like runoffs everywhere so you know if you're missing like a small spot it sounds like you you're going to have to scramble. So it, if if everyone is missing greens, you know, you you want the best scramblers there. And then long irons was the other thing that I really weighed heavily. Um like caddies who've been around here were saying, you know, it, it doesn't matter too much well. It obviously it matters how long you're off the tee, but he said you know, all these players, whether it's a four iron or like a six iron in, it's, it's, it's still going to be a long iron in. So, you you know, you really want to be good with your long irons and precise um, because you're not necessarily going to be going after flags. And that's another way where it sounds like Augusta to me where you've just got to hit a certain mm-hmm. plateau on the green and, you know, take your two putt a lot of times. You can't just be flag hunting a lot of the time like perhaps we saw last week. Um, so, yeah, I went with kind of long irons, precise and um, yeah, good scramblers as well
0: you <laughs> So when we take a look at the betting board here, guys, um, it is going to be a bunch of familiar names at the top. That shouldn't surprise anybody whenever we take a look at what it co- uh, what it's going to cost you to win these things. So Scotty Scheffler's up at the top. He has started to take a bit more money here. You're finding him at 11 to 12. Really the best you're going to find on him is 12 to 1 at this point. John Rahm coming in 12, 13, 14-ish to 1. Roy McElroy kind of in that same range anywhere. 12, 4, 13, 14. There are some 16s out there. On Rory McElroy, Justin Thomas comes in in that 16 to 18 range. Jordan Spieth kind of comes in in that 16, 17 ish range. And then it gets to the, the 20 and longer with the Morikawa's, Cantlays, Cam Smiths, Victor Hovland's, Xander Shoffleys, Hideki Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson's of the world here. So we are starting to see some of these names then get into that middle tier and gets even longer where we're talking about guys who are perennially inside that top, you know, 20 top 10 of the leaderboards week in week out, but we are getting some pretty decent odds on them. You can find Will Zalatoris in the 35 to 40 ish range. And yes, Will Zalatoris who's been as consistent a golfer as we've seen. You can get Joaquin Neiman as high as 55. Sam Burns as high as 50. um, Corey Connors as high as 65 out there. Daniel Berger at 60. Of course, he's dealing with some injuries. So you get my point here. The strongest field we have seen so far on the PGA tour. Now, Stephen, one thing we should point out here, while it is 156 golfers that are going to be teeing it up, they do allow club pros to, uh, to enter this. They do allow guys from around the world that play on weaker tours to enter this as well. By my kind of estimation here, of the 156, I kind of gave about 125 an actual real chance at this. And so I'm looking at this more as like an invitational than I am more that there's like 156 legit golfers that are going to be teened up this week. They also let old guys that have won in the past, they can enter, they can play. So you kind of just start to pick those guys out, especially from an outright standpoint who aren't going to really have a chance to, to compete come Sunday. For sure. And, um, you know, if, if you like a guy who's
1: kind of way down on the outright odds and you start doing the math on how many legitimate golfers are actually in this tournament you might wind up liking that guy to make the cut or uh finish top 40 you might get a really nice plus number on a guy like that in those two markets considering that um it it really isn't a true 150 um PGA tour style field. So uh, that's one thing I looked at. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Some long shots I like in these top 40 markets and, um, you know, wouldn't be against playing them to make the cut either. Uh, But you mentioned Scotty Scheffler at the top of the board. That was the first decision I had to make because, of the guys at the top of the board, Scotty Scheffler is the guy I needed to, you know, figure out if I want to include him on the card, use up a ton of the, the units I like to do. I usually do four units for a major as opposed to three for a regular event, just because I, you know, I love the majors. So, um, you could get Scotty Scheffler 12 to one at most books. There's a, a promo out there at DK where you can actually get him at 15 to one. It's only a, Fifty dollar max bet, but fifteen to one, so it would be like a you know a a a plus fifteen unit win if he wins. And I had to decide between him or Xander Shoffley at thirty one to one. Both top five in my model across the board. Not really any red flags, um, but potentially getting double the payout on Shoffley. And I decided to just not pick Scotty Scheffler this week. And it's what I am most terrified about in this tournament. He loves this course. He's played it a lot. He went out and shot six under in his practice round here shortly after the Masters. He knows the course very well, more so than most of the players in this field. And he is on a run like Tiger Woods, where he's won four of his past eight events. So I am terrified. I am not feeling particularly comfortable about it, but there were some guys in the 30 to one or longer range that I felt really good about, felt like they had really clean profiles and um, just tried to take some numbers and some value there
0: brad let's start at the top of the board for you um uh, where did you kind of start your card here in some of these shorter guys and are are there any guys that it it was just a complete fade here at the top as well because i always do like to talk about these guys at the shorter end because those are going to draw the most public bets those are gonna be the guys that people are drawn to and if there's somebody that you're definitely you know fading in this tournament I, i would certainly like to know why
2: um, I will say I, I did find it quite hard to rule anyone out at the top of the field um, yeah. they, they've all got decent claims as far as I found I, I will say Scheffler is probably the one near the top that I was most keen on but he's got the bad end of the draw um, you know you are talking earlier about they, they've kind of opened this course up with cutting down some of the trees and there is forecast wind and it looks to me like you want to be out early Thursday mm-hmm. and then obviously late Friday, um, so that helped me just chop down half the field from there because you know it, it does look like you could get 25 mile an hour winds um, basically on, on the opposite sides of those draw. So that kind of let me rule out Scheffler for now. Um, you know if, if he's if he makes the cut and he's sort of t20 or something, then you know maybe I might get a 40 to one on him then, and I definitely will be interesting because as, um, as Steven said, he loves this course. You know, what's his caddy said he shot an easy 64 around here last week. Um, and he's, he, you know, he's, he's, I think he's second in the field in strokes going around the green this year. Like he's, he's got everything you need. Obviously he just won Augusta, which I think is probably the, the biggest corollary course going. So yeah, I, I will be looking to add Scheffler, um, after that draw gets out of the way. Uh, I did start my card with another Augusta specialist, Will Zalatoris. Uh, obviously, t- two trips to Augusta for Zalatoris, I think two top fives. Um, his best putting surface is probably these uh, these bent grass greens, um, like we've seen at Augusta. And then he's just got these long irons uh, that we've also seen. And then the last thing I liked about Zalatoris, um, strokes gained a total in majors since 2008 we've got Colin number one Brooks Kepka number two Will Zalatoris number three um, so he just has everything I'm looking for basically Augusta form long irons um, and form in, in, in the majors and as you say 35-40-1 to 1 you might get um, mm-hmm. and that, that just seemed a bit too big for me
0: my fade uh, at the top of the board here is going to shock a lot of people, I think, but it was just something where we have to make difficult decisions. We can't bet everybody. We have to bet. We have to narrow this down when we get to the top. And and my fade is John Rahm. And not only is my fade John Rahm, as if like as in you're not going to get any money out of me. I actually have gone and played three different outrights against John Rahm already, kind of attacking him here on this course. Listen, all three of us at least have the same idea of the type of golfer that we're looking for. We continue to mention that we want somebody who is good around the greens because we figure that there are multiple ways for guys to end up right off the green and have to rely on their short game in order to have success here. Not only will good shots not get rewarded because you might hit a weird tier that's on this green that's going to trickle off, but we mentioned the wins. You can hit a nice iron shot. A gust comes. The ball does not go where you want it to go. You find yourself right off the green having to kind of salvage what's going on at that point. So I think there's multiple ways that these guys are going to find themselves trying to pitch up there. And like you said a little bit earlier, Brad, just just save par, right? Save par and move on. Well, John Rahm, if you look over the last 50 rounds in this field, he is 70th in strokes gained. Around the green. If you go to a closer time set, last 36 rounds, he's 91st in this field in strokes gained around the green. If you go to the last 24 rounds, he's 131st in this field in strokes gained around the green. If you just want a basic time frame over the last 12 months, he still finds himself 79th in this field around the green. So listen, John Rahm does everything awesome. John Rahm normally doesn't even have to worry about his around the green game because he's putting the ball so damn close to the pin. It doesn't matter anyway. But I think that that's not going to be the case this week. I think they're going to find their, themselves with some difficult chips and pitches and different things to try to either save par or maybe even take your medicine, take a bogey and move on to the next hole. And John Rom, I've seen a little bit of that 2018 John Rom and John Rom this year where things don't go right. He gets pretty pissed off. He starts getting, uh, you know, he starts carrying that to, from hole to hole with him and um i just you know again we have to make difficult decisions at the top and john rom is the guy that i'm going to be uh against here uh, in multiple different ways not only not putting money out there matt which but, couple uh, guys did uh, you take it head
1: to head against him
0: so you can find Scheffler against him. Um, I was able to find Scheffler against him, uh, at, and that was at even money. I was able to find Rory against him at plus money. I was able to find Jordan Spieth against him as well at some plus money. So nice. I've got uh, I've got three different guys at either even, you know, minus one ten on both sides, or or a little bit uh, a little bit of plus money going up against him here. So I do like all three of those guys this week as well. So let, let's talk about what we're looking for in a golf. And then we'll really get into our betting card here in case guys want to do their own research. If guys want to go in and study through the statistics and make a model or whatever it might be of their own, um, I'll start out here. Listen, I strokes gain T to green because I just think a complete game. I very rarely use this in a model that I'm getting that I'm building, but, uh, I truly believe with everything that I've heard from everyone here, you're just going to need to have a complete overall game here. So strokes gain T to green strokes game, ball striking. So I kind of doubled up a little bit there because I do think that off the T is going to be uh, fairly important. Of course, we always like approach. And so ball striking be the combination of off the T and approach driving distance, but smallish, uh, only 10% into driving distance, just because mainly I wanted to compare to figure out there for the guys that were longer. If it was some sort of tiebreaker, I at least wanted to be able to see which guy might be a little bit longer from a driving standpoint. Like I said, heavy, 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 in the short game type stuff uh, strokes, hand around the green and scrambling both take up 30% of my model this week. I really did factor in that very heavily bogey avoidance, because like I said, I think there's going to be times you just need to take your medicine, take the par, move on. You're just not going to birdie these holes. Sometimes greens and regulations gained. I did that very small, but I do want to see which guys are hitting these greens more often than not. And then par for 450 to 500 yards brad i know you mentioned you were looking guys that were good with their long irons what other specific stats were you looking at when you were starting to whittle down your player pool
2: yeah so that was proximity 175 to 200 and then proximity Mm -hmm. 200 to 225 um yeah and then it was the the scrambling um strokes getting around the green um yeah all, all that kind of stuff yeah
0: uh, Steven, what what's what stats did you end up on specifically for this one? Um, just
1: to drive the point home, always going to have strokes gain approach as a, as a heavy weight for me every week. So 25% this week. Uh, off the tee, did strokes gain off the tee 10% and a combination of another 10% for driving distance. Um, the around the green stuff I thought was interesting because... I'm not sure this is the same type of chipping and short game that these guys see on a week-to-week basis on the PGA Tour. Um, obviously, there are a lot of sand traps, but this isn't necessarily the the long rough around the apron of greens where these guys are chipping out of that. There's a lot of tight lies and runoffs, like you said, Matt, um, kind of linksy style, like you'd see in an Open Championship. So, um, I'm not sure just putting strokes gained around the green in the model would have been enough to have me comfortable with what, type of chipping they would actually see in this particular event. So I kind of went with a a well-rounded short game situation where I put 10% on strokes gained around the green, 10% on sand saves, and also another 10% on bogey avoidance. And I'm hoping that kind of encapsulates the full spectrum of short game situations and types of shots we might want to see here. Hoping that if the guys are elite in all three of those categories, then they're probably going to be fine with what's presented to them on this particular course. Um, So on top of that, just a just a little bit of par five from 600 to 650. I know there's only two of them, but the fact that they're both over 600 yards and into the wind, I think they are more challenging par fives than we typically see where most of the best players can reach it in two. I think it's, we're going to be surprised Um to see guys hit these par fives and two. So I wanted to see who was good from those really long par five distances. And I also wanted to see who was good from really long par three distances. Most of the par threes in this tournament are 225 yards or longer. That's not your typical par three on a, on a week-to-week PGA Tour course. These are very long par threes. Um, so I wanted to see which guys in the field, maybe as a tiebreaker, if they're good or among all the other stats, just to see if they're comfortable in those mm-hmm. particular holes as well. Um, so, but long story short, it's a major so we want to have we want to have every aspect of the game in the model we're using we want to look at all the stats and try and find the most well-rounded golfer coming into this tournament
0: all right. So let's start our betting cards here. And Brad, I want to start with you. Let's let's start with some derivative markets. Anything that you played here in the head to head market, three balls, uh, you know, top 40s, top 30s, top 20s, whatever it might be. I know you actually have the benefit of getting each way betting over there. So you probably don't play as much of these as as we do over here. But let's uh, let's get into some some of
2: those bets that have made your card. I did do some Tiger Woods to make the cut, uh, minus 125, about that earlier. Um, And it it was interesting, I was chatting to a a friend who works for a bookmaker over here, and he said there's absolutely no money for Tiger Woods. He said, um, you know, the, the Masters, everyone was buying into the comeback. Whatever, and and I guess they watched four rounds of him sort of limping round, and you know so he did well to finish, obviously. But basically, that seems to have diminished people's appetite to bet Tiger Woods, um, which is perhaps why we're able to get a decent price here. Because he said this week he feels better than ever. People on the grounds, have been reporting that he's he's swinging the club well he's you know he's walking around Uh, people were saying it's press conference he was he was just beaming he was just thrilled Um, and I think if you look at the first two rounds at Augusta as well he gained 3.8 strokes on approach um, before the weekend and obviously it started to fall off as as I think his legs started to fall off I suppose Um, but to me it suggests the ball striking is still there um, if he's healthy and as he says he is much more healthy and as as you said earlier, Matt, there's there's a lot of sort of chaff in this field that we can cut mm-hmm. out straight away. Um, and again, Augusta, Corollary Course, Tiger Woods is probably the master of that place. So I, I think he can plot his way around. Um, and again, if par is a good score, um, or you know, eight under wins this, yeah. then uh, I think that's that's well within Tiger's wheelhouse. Um, just to make the weekend at minus one twenty five. Stephen, where uh, where did you where did you go f-
0: here from a derivative standpoint? What is what has made your card so far? Uh,
1: one that I haven't quite bet yet, but I you know I'm always excited too. I'm always looking at these nationality props uh, to see if I can find any value there, and the Canadian market. Caught my eye, the top Canadian. And typically, Corey Connors is going to be a a pretty decent favorite in this market. Uh, But I think he's vulnerable. He is uh, minus 120 to be the top Canadian in this tournament. I'm going to take Adam Hadwin instead at plus 250. If you look at over the past 36 rounds, the model I'm using this week has Hadwin as a top 20 player. And the biggest reason that I'm going to try and, and take that number and get some value is the discrepancy between Hadwin and Connor's Around the green with their short game, Hadwin is both top 15 over his last 36 rounds in strokes gained around the green and sand saves. Corey Connors is outside the top 40 in sand saves, outside the top 80 in strokes gained around the green. So, um, mm-hmm. I think at plus 250, that's a pretty solid number to go after Hadwin as the top Canadian. Other than that, um, just looking at some some top 40s, some top 20s, um, some some long shots that peaked. Uh, for me this week in the rankings. Luke List, I got around plus 180 to be a top 40 finish. Uh, that was over at, at Bet Rivers. Um, Cam Young, with his distance off the D and with how well he has played. I mean, this guy is a rookie on the PGA Tour, but he has been playing like a seasoned veteran. If you look at his results this year, I mean, we have... Back-to-back top three finishes at the Heritage and the Wells Fargo for him. He had, um, you know, another T two at the Genesis, another top twenty at the Honda. So, And another top 20 at the Arnold Palmer. This guy has played fantastic golf. He's extremely long and accurate off of the tee. And we're getting really good prices on him, plus money to top 40, uh, plus uh, 250, actually, to top 20. And that's at BetMGM, where in these markets, uh, ties are paid out in full. There's no dead heat situation where they're going to pay you less. So um, those are a couple of the long shots that I really liked in these derivative markets.
0: Yeah. So for me, I am, um, like I said, I've got some of these head-to-heads going up against John Rahm this week, and I know that that is that's crazy to say, but uh, Scotty Scheffler is the fa- my favorite one that I have going up against John Rahm on multiple different occasions. Here, uh, I'm also targeting Victor Hovland, and I I nobody's bet Victor Hovland more than I have. Uh, I love Victor Hovland's game, I love everything about it. But again, if we're if if my whole If my whole thesis behind attacking John Rom is short game, well, do you know which which other good player on tour has a worse short game right now (laughs) than John Rom? Yes, it's it's, it it, is so bad. It is Victor Hovland, dude. It's so incredibly bad. It. I mean, Victor Hovland is like we said. There's only 156 golfers in this in this pool. Victor Hovland over the last 50 rounds is 148th. He's 149th in the last 36 rounds. There's only 156 golfers. He's 149th in in strokes gained you know around the green. Man. I mean, he he, you is know what just- he
1: needs There's 20 PGA of America uh club pros in this tournament. <laughs> he needs to go like buy a yes. lesson from one of those at the range and get some chipping lessons.
0: I mean before he gets out there seriously I mean listen again nobody's betting more than me but in a tournament and in a week where I think that it is so incredibly important for you to be able to get up and down from around the greens I just can't back Victor Hovland and again you can get him against Colin Morikawa who I like a a lot better so be sure and and take advantage of that as well I do have a couple of top 20 and top 40 market bets Uh, Aaron Wise for a top 40 bet is a guy that if if you go with these models i i told you guys the statistics that i put in i also put in two different i ran this model two different times with some conditions baked in as well one scoring relative to par difficult and courses over 7400 yards and then i also ran it without the scoring conditions being difficult and i just did it on 7400 yard plus courses so just just long courses either way no matter whether i ran it under difficult scoring conditions or not Aaron Wise found his way into the top 20 in this model for me. And when you look at the price that you are getting for him on a top 40, a guy that has found himself, himself into the top 20 into my model. And I might add over the last 12 rounds, if I take off difficult scoring conditions and just leave in, uh, over on long courses. Aaron Wise is number one in my model over the last twelve rounds. He is number one in this field in greens and regulation gain, eighth in bogey avoidance, second in scrambling, sixth in ball striking, fourth T to green. Aaron Wise's odds just don't add up for what he what skill set he's bringing in, and especially in recent form right now. So I do like Aaron Wise in the top forty market. Will Zalatoris, I don't need to tell you. Uh, Brad already said he liked Will Zalatoris. Uh, Will Zalatoris. Taurus in the top 20 market as well and then cameron young in the top 20 market as well for me cameron young i this listen this is about the type of year where i typically try to start fading these tour rookies because hey look they're playing a lot more golf and they're under a lot more pressure the courses are more demanding all the things like that and, and it starts to kind of burn out on these guys well That has not been the case here for Cameron Young. And Cameron Young continues to just really and truly impress me here. Guys, if we head back to, let's start in January, right? 40th at the Amex. Then you go another tournament, 20th at the Farmers, 26th at the Phoenix, 2nd at the Genesis, 16th at the Honda, 13th at the Arnold Palmer, 3rd at the RBC, 2nd at the Wells Fargo. Cam Young has just continued to go out there and find himself high up these leaderboards. Top 20 on Cam Young at some nice, nice, nice plus money in this 156 golfer field. And I actually think he has a an outside chance to compete come Sunday as well if everything starts to really go right for him. Him. So um, Cam Young, another guy that I've played here in the derivative market. Brad, let us get your outright picks, my friend. Where are the people who is going to be hoisting the trophy come Sunday?
2: Uh, well, so as, as I say, the, the highest I've backed is Zalatoris. Mm-hmm. I'll give you two other outrights that I, I've bet and I've still liked. They're both out early Thursday to try and avoid the worst of that wind. And they're both elite scramblers, basically. So first is, uh, Alex Noron mm-hmm. uh, the Swede. Um, so he, he's, he's one of the best in the field on putting on bent grass. So we like that from the start. Um, he's also in the top seventh percentile in this field in strokes gained around the green. Um, and it, then there's, there's this note here from, uh, the fantasy grind on Twitter that Noren has gained strokes on the T in four of his last five games, uh, four of his last five, uh, tournaments, sorry. Um, and, and he's played historically well on these kind of long testing major style courses. So you can probably get 125 to one. You might get 150 to one if you, if you shop around on Alex Noran um, and especially in the wind as well, uh, that, you know, the, generally I, I favor the Europeans in those mm. conditions because of all, all the links experience. Um, and the other one is, um, mito Pereira uh went to college down the road in texas tech another top five in this field in scrambling um and he's also top 10 strokes game approach and strokes game ball striking in this field over the last 50 rounds so sh- should have some local knowledge should have played this course before uh, and he's got all the attributes I'm, I'm looking for and he is 150 to one an output.
0: All right, Stephen, who has made your outright card? Where are people going to find some value here if they want to, uh, you know, start building a portfolio? I do just
1: want to add on Cameron Young and Aaron Wise, two names that you mentioned. Uh, Cameron Young was 110 to one last week. I got him at 100. He's taken a lot of public and sharp money. So you're not alone on that. Even at public books, he's down to 66. I think there's a very sharp offshore book where he's down into the 50s. Um, So the the steam is real on Cameron Young. And you mentioned Aaron Wise, our director, Brett Colson, saw the same thing where his profile gets even better in difficult conditions. And Brett posted in our discord that he's bet Aaron Wise to top 10 at plus sixteen hundred at DraftKings. So really solid top 10 number there for Aaron Wise uh, if these metrics hold up for him. All right. For me, for my outrights. Like I said, I I ultimately decided to try and beat these guys that are shorter than 20 to one because uh, I had some guys in the 30s and the 40s that were just as high as them after I ran all these numbers. So um, starting with Xander Shoffley, 31 to one. I know he doesn't win these events. I know he only wins the Olympics and the WGCs with smaller fields and the friggin Zurich classic when he's playing in pairs. But (laughs) um, this is still a guy who has top 10 in more than half of his major appearances since 2018. He should be near the top of the leaderboard. And at 31 to one, I thought that number just went a little bit too far and it coincided with him being top three this week, really with a, a profile just as strong as as Justin Thomas for this who was my number one guy across the board here over the last 50 and the last 36 rounds so um at double the price as that top tier then i decided it was it was too too rich for me to to not Bet Xander Shoffley. The other is a guy who had a number that DraftKings posted, I honestly think just incorrectly and I pounced on it and the number is gone. So um, it's not going to be too much help. But but DraftKings posted a 35 to one on Cameron Smith, um, I think on Saturday or Sunday and he's 18 to one now at DraftKings, so i got that got bet big time the best number available now in cam smith is 22 to 1 which i think is the appropriate number but um you know just a wizard on and around the greens really wide fairways should help him with his struggles and strokes gained off the tee Uh, obviously we saw at augusta it was two guys in the final round right with Three holes into the final round, it was Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler. And obviously, really wide fairways helped Cameron Smith at Augustus stay in contention there. So it was just a wrong number for me. But I I still think he um, is is worthy of his new odds, if that makes any sense. And the, the last guy I thought was maybe the best value on the board this week. I bet Hideki Matsuyama at 40 to one. There was a book that initially posted him at 55 mm-hmm. to one. And the market has completely rejected those prices as well. The best number available now in Matsuyama is 25 to one. Uh, I think you could argue that he should be ahead of guys like Xander Shoffley and Victor Hovland and Patrick Cantlay, who hasn't done anything in majors for the most part. Um, So you could argue there's still a little bit of value left in that number, but I think they were just way off on, on giving us a number that was uh, maybe more in line with an injured Hideki Matsuyama from the past couple of months. But last week he showed he's fully healthy. I think he fits this course really well. He hits long clubs, maybe better than anybody in the world right now, including Woods. Um, So, and I think that his putter has vastly improved from the Hideki of old that we always criticized, uh, before he won the masters. So, and he's also really good around the green with his shipping. He's top 10 in this field in sand saves. Um, he is top 10 in bogey avoidance. So I thought of all the players on the board, Hideki Matsuyama was maybe the best value coming into this tournament. Um, only other guys I'll mention, I I did bet Cam Young a 100 to one. I do have Gary Woodland at 80 to one. who's kind of top 20 in the model had some course history here at Southern Hills. And lastly, I did find uh, a little each way bet uh, going with, uh, you know, I was a little jealous of Brad, but we had a couple books here in the U.S. <laughs> Unibet and Bet Rivers does offer each way bets. So uh, got Luke List, who is going to burn me again, I'm sure, um, was, all, was on him constantly and then somehow wasn't on him when he won the Farmers. And 250 to one at Unibet and Bet Rivers, each way bet paying seven places when his outright number at the other books was more like 100 or 150 to one. So uh, somehow he's top five in the model for me this week. So I thought an each way bet for, for some lunch money was uh, was a, a fun play there.
0: Guys, you've heard us talk about these starting times and we think that at least, you know, again, none of us professional weathermen, but we think that the we think that the Thursday morning wave is going to have a, a better go at it than the Thursday afternoon wave. So just some of those guys that are let's call it 9 a.m. local or earlier, just in case you want some names that, you know, you may that you may have heard us bet on sometimes over the course of the this podcast. Chris Kirk goes off at 7.22 local time. Mito Pereira, who uh, Brad is on, goes off at 7.33 local time over there. Um, you do have Cameron Davis, uh, Matt Kucher going off at 7.55, Stuart Sink at 8.06. You've got Abraham Answer going off at kind of 8.17-ish, something like that. And then you have Sebastian Munoz, the king of first-round leader bets, is going off at 9 a.m. local. That's Those are all going off the 1T. If we go off the 10 T uh, local over there. A guy that I'm on Robert McIntyre. You just heard Brad talk about Alex Norin. They're both going off at 705 a.m. local off the 10 Um, you go a little bit further down Hideki going off at 738 in a group that includes Xander Shoffley and Tony Finau right after them is a Tyrell Hatton Bryson DeChambeau Max Homa group right after that is Victor Hovland Will Zalatoris Cam Smith and then right after that is the group everyone's going to be watching in Jordan Spieth Rory McIl Roy and Tiger Woods. Again, all of those going off at 8 15 a.m. local time or earlier. For this, So what that did for me, guys, is I did, in fact, uh, trigger a first-round leader bet for me on Hideki Matsuyama with him going in that early wave. We know that Hideki always has one of those low rounds in him. He can be not in contention in a tournament and go out and shoot the low round of the day. So uh, I like Hideki Matsuyama from a first-round leader perspective just as good as I do anybody in this field. And the fact that I'm getting him in one of those earlier waves, I really do like a ton i played some numbers that were just off market here if you guys have listened to this podcast for long enough you understand all i do is bitch and moan about the (laughs) lack of bets that i get to make here in las vegas because yeah it's it sucks that the markets that i'm that are available to me are about half of what is available maybe even less than half available to to the rest of the country and to brad overseas but that being said to give credit where credit's due a book here in town, circa, does post some very off-market numbers when it comes to outrights, and so I went in and just pounded some numbers that were literally double what you could get everywhere else. Um, and it's just small bets on these guys, but this is—it's going to trigger a bet for me every single time when I can get. You know, I took Stuart Stewart Sink at five hundred to one. Robert McIntyre three hundred to one. Chris Kirk at three seventy-five to one. I got Wise at two twenty-five to one. I got Hadwin at three. 3- 325 to one. And so I went ahead and took just numbers plays on all of those guys. So just to let you know, my portfolio does have guys in there that I don't necessarily think the win equity is incredibly high, but the the odds that I got were much, much higher than were available. Listen, I think it's fairly simple for me. And I actually did play the short end of the board here, guys. Um, look, I have the benefit of having a little bit bigger bankroll so playing some of these guys at you know 17 18 19 20 ish to one is something I'm able to do I understand that's not for everyone and so take with a grain of salt when I say that I I played Rory McIlroy and I played Jordan Spieth now I got both of them at 18 to one um I think Jordan Spieth is coming in, playing maybe some of the best golf of his recent career, maybe dating back 10 years. Uh, if you kind of look at the overall data here for Jordan Spieth specifically, um, of of recent form he's inside the top he's inside the top six in my model every single which way that you look at it when it, whether it's difficult scoring conditions whether it's not long courses all the different stuff like that and uh let's not forget the recent form here on Jordan Spieth as well is out of this world and so when I factor in all of that stuff for Jordan Spieth I think that this all could be kind of leading to a dude that really and truly um goes and gets it done. Remember he won the RBC second at the Byron Nelson just this past week as well to go along with a second at Pebble beach. He was at 26th, at the Genesis. So the guy's been playing some really, really good golf. And if you look at his model and if I go just by model, Rory McIlroy destroys everybody else for me from a modeling perspective. Number one overall in nearly every single version that I run. Number one overall in nearly every single condition that I put in here. And if you kind of look at Rory, guys, I understand it's one of those deals where we're every, you know, the reason we talk about him the majority of the time when we get to these big events, because we want him to get the career grand slam and that's what keeps coming up and all of that. But kind of under the radar here. With Rory dating back all the way even into the fall um, of last year, fourth at the BMW, uh, first at the CJ Cup, tenth at the Genesis, thirteenth at the Arnold Palmer, second at the Masters, fifth at the Wells Fargo. Now it's it, maybe he's kind of coming up from the rear, you know, because he tends to have these bad first That's rounds. I was going to say, Matt, bet him Friday. Is, Don't bet him Wednesday.
1: Bet him Friday morning. <laughs>
0: Yeah. He, he consistently, well, but he came out and said that he realized that and that he might play a little bit more conservative on Thursday and try to make sure that he's not fighting back from behind in this tournament. And that was just all I needed to hear to be able to pull the trigger on Rory. So I, I did that as well. I do have an outright on Will Zalatoris. I do have an outright as well on Cameron Young. And again, there are those guys that I am fading in John Robb and Victor Hovland. Uh, Billy Horschel, the other guy that I have an outright on, it's more of a numbers play. I think he's being disrespected. I got 110 to one. You can still find a hundred to one out there on Billy Horschel. This type of course, this type of grind kind of fits a player like him so long as he doesn't lose his mind with his with his kind of temper that he's got. So I do have one on, on Billy Horschel. As well uh, Brad before I let you Go here um, you didn't play Any of these guys at the top Let's say I'm going to hand you 500 American Dollars that you can bet uh, And use as well uh, however You want to but you had to use It let me let me say you had to use it on Somebody um, 25 or shorter uh, Where where are you Playing it or how are you dividing it up
2: Amongst a couple of guys so uh I said I'll probably go Scott, Scott mm. Scheffler um, as I kind of said earlier I do think he's the most likely winner here and a, and a worthy favourite um, I do wanted to add quickly two things two injury things one on Hideki Matsuyama um, when he pulled out in that first round, a couple of tournaments back, it was his um H- Hideki tracker on Twitter who basically said, um, I'm not sure he's going to play. And that did come to fruition. And he tweeted today, hate to bring bad news, but I'm hearing Hideki's having oh, more of problems this week. Apparently unrelated to his previous injury. So hopefully nothing too bad, but I guess we'll see. Um, so as I say, like, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. too big into buying into anonymous Twitter trackers, but <laughs> he, he has been right before. Right. And um, that's definitely worth knowing. I would say so. I mean, if you are going to bet him, I think maybe first round is possibly the way to do that. Just you know, if you get, <laughs> take, take take your take your forty to one and have a swing. If he's not right, he's not right. Um, I would also say it's, it could be worth getting against him in matchups um, if he's not good, um, and you can get Zalatoris kind of even money um, to do that, which I, I have done personally. And then Bryson, obviously the other big injury one. Yeah. Um, and he's he had a quote yesterday. He played around yesterday. Well, he said he basically wasn't even sure if he could get through. He said, uh, if I'm not in a place I can compete for four days, I'll give someone else a chance to go, DeChamber said. Um, so, yeah, he's, you know, he's that unhealthy. He's playing with this, like, sort of linebacker-type wrist club on his hand. Um, so he, he's, he's not well. And if he does go, I think, you know, however you can get against him, I think we'll be good, whether it's in a three-ball, mm. whether it's in a match-up, whether it's him to miss the cut um, – I don't think he's going to be anywhere near ready. And especially when you consider the trouble he's had at Augusta, um, as well, you know, the, the big Coralie we're talking about. So I, I want to get against him somehow. I haven't really found a good way yet, but I'll, I'll, I will be looking. So you
0: would go with Scotty Scheffler at the top of the board. If I gave you 500 American, what about you over there, Stephen? I'm giving you 500 American. Are you chopping it up amongst a couple of guys? Or are you just putting it on one guy again? It has to be 25 or shorter. I
1: think I'm aligned on, on Scotty Scheffler. I, I, I mean, <laughs> guy's doing tiger shit. Um, Justin Thomas is at the top for me, but I I don't know. I just I don't understand how he hasn't won more than he has. It, it, I don't know if it's if it, it's mental when he gets into these majors and he feels a little pressure or what it is. But um, he either closes really strong after starting slow or um, just doesn't close after starting really strong. He just can't put four rounds together. So uh, I think it would be Scotty Scheffler, but I honorable mention to Rory McIlroy for sure. I I do agree with you on Rory, uh, but I would, um, I'm tempted to wait until Friday, but he did get the good end of the draw here. He's also playing in a group that's going to have maybe the biggest frigging gallery of all time. The PGA literally put Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth in the Mm -hmm. same group on Thursday morning and friday after afternoon three guys that typically have the biggest or some of the biggest galleries of any players on the tour so um that's going to be a factor here as well for him but i i, I do agree with you he's, he's a clean
0: model and finally, before I let you go, Brad, who, if they win this tournament, are you going to have the most self-loathing here? Who is somebody either you were on the on the brink of betting and you didn't, or it's just somebody you completely skipped over, whatever it might be. Who wins this tournament and you are going to have the most self-loathing?
2: It is a good question. and It's probably Cameron Smith. Mm. Um, you know, Stephen's already went out around. He's just a perfect fit. You know, smashes Augusta, great scrambler. But I just the number is just short enough that i've got, i've decided i've i've got to let him go mm. um, but if he wins you know like, oh, that was really obvious
0: <laughs> steven same question for you who wins this thing and you hate yourself the most
1: a guy we haven't mentioned yet brooks kepka i mean mm-hmm. 50 to 1 right now to win the pga championship and he's a, you know it's it's the same thing as we normally see with kepka you know he, the profile coming in looks like crap But maybe he magically flips the switch and plays well in this major. I just don't think he's ever gotten back to Kepka form since the injury. So that's my concern. But. Typically, when you have a guy who has won this many majors and he's floating down to 50 to one, it's the same situation we were in with Kepka in the PGA last year, and he almost won it, if not for a miracle Phil Mickelson tournament. He was around 45, 50 to one at last year's PGA and turned it on. So I'm I'm not gonna play him because I don't trust he's in the same physical or mental mindset as he was. Last year, um, and I don't think the form has been as good, but yeah, I'm going to be kicking myself if I didn't take a 50 to one on Brooks Kepka and he wins this tournament.
0: Yeah, mine's going to be, mine's going to be Dustin Johnson and it's going to be because I just completely ignored the numbers that I've run here. I told you guys that the, the guy that dominated every version of the model that I put together was Roy McElroy. Well, guess who was in the top three of every single model and every single version that I ran? It was Dustin Johnson and I didn't even consider him. Like I, I you know, a lot of it has to do with the, the, the form and maybe there's just like, you know, maybe I'm just, it's an out of side out of mind thing for me because he always creeps into that top 10 in the end but um yeah I'm, like I'm going to really at
1: this point he's like Kepco where he just seems yeah. indifferent to, in these tournaments.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to kick myself a ton if he ends up winning this thing because again, he was in the top 3 in every single version that I ran and I didn't even consider putting a dollar down on him. So that's going to be the guy that I have the most uh, self-loathing should he be hoisting the trophy. Guys, as always, everything we do Absolutely free here at the lines, So be sure head over there, use the prop finder. It is a very, very valuable tool right there on the homepage of the lines. Click the little button that says prop finder, type in the golfer that you're looking to bet. And it is going to show you the place that you can go and get the best number on that golfer for all of these different markets that we're talking about. Not just outrights. It will show you top five, top 10, top 20, top 40 markets as well. So just make sure you're getting the best number out there. And we give you a tool that allows you to do that up in the upper right hand corner as well. There's a little Discord uh, logo up there. Click on that. Join the community in the Discord. As uh as Stephen mentioned earlier, we have guys that aren't on the podcasts who are in there. They're talking. They're talking through their plays. They're posting their plays and things as well, and the reasons that they did that. So be sure spend some time in the Discord. And also, if you're a member of the Discord, you can enter these free to play contests for real money as well. So yes, free to play real money just go and be a member of the discord over there uh go ahead give us a subscribe subscription here on the channel and let us know in the comment section who are you playing who did we overlook who are we not giving enough respect to here in the 2022 version of the pga championship guys good luck on all your bets